I'm Dr. Fiona Lovely, and this is the Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast. I'm taking the taboos of menopause and perimenopause and bringing light to the dark. No bullshit, no shame. It's time for us to gain a new paradigm in female health, out with the old and in with the new, and I'm bringing fresh perspectives from someone in the arena. I've been practicing women's health for nearly 20 years, and I'm spilling the tea and what it means to live at midlife, knowing that the best is yet to come. I'm sharing my Gen X approach to living through this transition, sassy, a bit sweary, and always honest. Tactical tips and instantly usable information is my aim. I hope to make you laugh and that you learn something new that helps you embrace the change. Together, we bring power to the Perry. Onward to the podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Fiona Lovely, and this is the Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I have a great interview to share with you today. I recently had the pleasure of speaking uh, with TikTok superstar Andrea Donsky. And uh, I would like to share with you her bio before we get into the interview. Andrea Donsky is known as the menopause educator and researcher to her 300,000 plus TikTok followers. She is a nutritionist on a mission to change the conversation around perimenopause and menopause. An entrepreneur with more than 23 years of experience in the health and wellness industry, Andrea is a respected, multiple award-winning influencer, media personality, speaker, and author. She hosts the weekly Menopause Reimagined podcast and appears as a menopause expert on television across North America. To date, Andrea has appeared in over 400 TV segments and has been featured on every major network across the U.S. and Canada. Her newest venture, Morphous, empowers women over the age of 35 to reimagine menopause as a journey of empowerment so we feel heard, supported, and validated. Morphous empowers women to take control of their symptoms and overall health with nutrition, resources and science-backed supplements you can learn more about andrea and morphus at wearemorphous.com you can subscribe to andrea's podcast menopause reimagined or follow her on tiktok and instagram at andrea donsky and at we are morphus and join her private facebook group slash we are morphus i love this quote andrea says Women in menopause are like butterflies. First, they undergo metamorphosis, and then they take flight to become their true, authentic, and free selves. (laughs) I'm loving that. I'm really feeling that. And this was such a fun conversation for me. And, you know, one of the things that Andrea and her business partner are excellent at is gathering data about symptomatology for women at perimenopause and menopause. And when you go to wearemorphous.com, you can participate in that research, and I encourage you to do so. The more information we have about our communities needing assistance, the better and more precision or precisely we can deliver that support to you. So um, a lot of this conversation, we talk about 
those research points. And, you know, there was some surprises in there for me. So I encourage you to uh, take some notes. Please go to Andrea's website to participate in the research. I did, certainly. It was very interesting. And I hope you enjoy this interview. But first, a word from our sponsors. Our next partner is AG1 the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it every day in the morning to break my fast. It makes me feel like I'm doing something good for my body, that I'm covering my nutritional bases. This simple daily habit allows me to cover those nutritional bases no matter what the day brings. Oh my gosh, because we never know what the day is going to bring. AG1 is a foundational nutritional supplement that delivers comprehensive nutrients to support whole body health, replacing your multivitamin, probiotic, and more in one simple drinkable habit. So if you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash Fiona Lovely. That's drinkag1.com slash Fiona Lovely. You can find the link in the show notes. Check it out. Okay, welcoming to the podcast today, Andrea Donsky. Thanks for joining us on the Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to do this. Fantastic. We have got some things to cover today. <laughs> we do. We do. <laughs> We're both terribly passionate about the concepts around menopause. And I would be really interested to hear how you found yourself talking about menopause. Oh my gosh. It's such a great question. So I started, so I've been in the health and wellness world for a long time. So now it's, it's over 23 years and you know, I, I've had different companies in the space. I'm a nutritionist. And most of the time when I get into things, it's because I've experienced something personally that I want to find a solution for. I always laugh. I'm like, I'm a B blood type and I'm a Capricorn. <laughs> so that makes for this perfect recipe of like, okay, let's dig deeper and let's just find out everything we possibly can and ask every question under the sun to, to get there. So I started at 47, I had my first hot flash and, but I was experiencing symptoms since my mid thirties. Like I now looking back, I'm like, Oh, I had phantom smells at 36. And then I had mood swings and weight gain and sore boobs and dryness. I mean, you name it. I had so many different symptoms, but I never made the connection between how I was feeling for all those years. I was in Perry for 10, 10 years, 11 years before I actually realized I was in perimenopause. So now I'm kind of even unfolding it as we go. I'm, I'm writing a book and I'm like, oh, okay, now it's all starting to make sense. But at the time I had my baby at 41 and at 42, I never went back. I never had, I kind of never went back to my old self. Now I realized I got pregnant in perimenopause. And after I gave birth, that's when my perimenopause really went into full swing in terms of, you know, more and more symptoms that came about. But at 47, I had my first hot flash and I thought, oh, maybe everything I've been feeling for the last, you know, many years was actually related to menopause. I didn't even know the word perimenopause existed. And that's what led me down this rabbit hole of really trying to understand it better. And I would ask my friends, I'd be like, and I'm, I'm 53. And at the time I was 47. I'm like, are you feeling this? You know, do you find this? They're like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And I kind of felt I was on this Island all by myself. And they're like, wait, am I the only one going through this? My mother never spoke to me about it. My doctor didn't really bring it up. 
And I was like, okay, well, I guess this is just me and I must be going through this. I'm probably the only one going through it until I realized, uh, no, there are thousands and thousands of us going through the same thing. We just had to find each other. And that's where, that's why I created my community and created Morphous. And I was like, I am done keeping silent about it. I'm done suffering in silence. I'm done with not even understanding my body. I'm like, I'm in the health and wellness industry. I knew nothing about this phase of life. I was kind of really hard on myself about it because I was maybe embarrassed, you know, like, how do I not know anything about this phase of life when my job is to understand our body? So that's kind of what led me there. Fantastic. Well, and I think as Gen Xers, we kind of got the whole body shame from our families, right? Our families of origin. We, we sort of came in thinking, okay, anything related to female stuff, puberty, menstruation, most of the pregnancy stuff, as well as menopause, you just didn't talk about it. It wasn't ladylike. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're absolutely right. And my mom never spoke to her mom about it. And she didn't even speak to her friends about it, you know? So yes. And I feel like we, I always say, like, we're going into, we're not going into menopause quietly, you know, as Gen Xers, we are going to change that. And we are, so many of us are speaking about it and getting rid of that stigma. And there is that shame between, you know, when you think menopause, and at least it was for me, as I was approaching 50, thinking, am I getting, I'm getting older, and I, you know, I'm going to be, you know, not, not as relevant. And there's all these thoughts that go through our mind. Yes, absolutely. The not as relevant thing. Isn't that a big one? That one's huge. It really is. The psychology and programming that we absorb from our communities, for sure. So you mentioned being a researcher. Tell me about that. So uh, I love to understand and really dig deep into the whys. So, you know, we can understand, okay, well, this is happening to our body. So my, my whole thing is, why is this happening to my body? And what can I do about it? Right? So I always say if I was really, really, if I was much better in math, I would have gone into, you know, science or I would have been a marketing researcher. I would have done something in that field. So I kind of made it my own (laughs) and I love data and I love understanding whether it's an N of one, which is my own research on myself, or whether it's anecdotal research with our incredible community or whether it's research that I'm reading the medical journals. I always love to understand data and I, I love to understand it better. And I do believe that our own anecdotal, observational anecdotal research is what with what we do with our surveys on our website and our community and our newsletter and our, and, um, our amazing TikTok and social media community is just as relevant because that's us going through it. We're sharing our experiences. So we, for me, understanding what, what's happening to us, understanding how we can help ourselves is really important and a big part of what we do at Morphus, part of that education, part of those solutions. And on our website, we have surveys and we have five of them right now. And the one that we have the most responses to, because it was the first one we launched and we're, we're trying to get more and more as we go. So hopefully for those of you listening, you go to our website, which is wearemorphous.com under research and fill out our surveys because that's how we learn from you and how we can help you. So we have over 3000 women that have filled out our signs and symptoms survey. And what we learned is that for me, a lot of it was eye-opening. Like, what are some of us experiencing in peri versus menopause? What are overall the most common symptoms? Because for me, I was thinking, I always thought hot flashes were synonymous with menopause. But what we learned through our research is that hot flashes are number nine on the list of more than a hundred symptoms. And for me, understanding the symptoms is crucial because when I first started on this path, I remember I met a friend and she was telling me she created an app for menopause for symptoms. And I was like, you created an app for symptoms. Are there actually enough symptoms that you can create an app for? And she was like, yeah, there's like 30 to 40. And I'm like, wow, that's a lot. But the way my brain works is I went home that day and I was like 30 to 40. Okay. I'm going to create this Google doc and I'm going to track them. 
Well, I got way over 40, you know, just in my first, you know, year that I was tracking them. And now through this research that we're doing through my company, we now know there's a hundred plus symptoms. Yeah. Wow. And they start much, much earlier than we think they're going to start. Absolutely. Like we're looking, you know, we could be in our mid, you know, 35 and plus we can start perimenopause sometimes earlier. I've heard from a lot of women in their early thirties who are starting it. So it, it definitely isn't the, you know, I'm 50 plus market. Right. And that's why it's, I'm so passionate as you are is to really help women understand that there's so much we could do before we get into menopause, right. That can help our bodies. So that's why, you know, that's why I do what I do. And indeed that's the most powerful time for us to be able to affect change for the yes. symptoms of perimenopause. Exactly. And that's why understanding. So Fiona, I love props. So I know this is our first interview together, but you will get to know it. You'll get, you're going to be on my podcast, which I'm very excited about as well. So these are adrenals <laughs> that sit above our kidneys. And of course, so managing stress is really important because as our adrenals take over for our ovaries. So I have my little ovary prop. You can see here <laughs> as it take, they take over for ovaries, you know, we want to make sure that they're in good shape and they're not exhausted by the time we get into menopause, right? Because that can be a reason why we're experiencing a lot of what we're experiencing. So really looking at nutrition, lifestyle and supplements can make a really big difference for how we experience it. Not, it's not the only thing, but it can be, play a big part, of course. Yeah. And I think I know for myself, I'm trying to discuss this with the younger females in my practice before they're even thinking perimenopause. And yeah. you have just said something really important, which is the important, uh, importance of the health of the adrenal glands. That's yeah. the biggest player in that age group in particular. Totally. And so the age group of, you know, getting married and having babies and raising kids, we are super stressed, right? And then, you know, we get into our 40s. Many of, I had my third child at 41. Many of us are having babies into our 40s, right? So it's the the nutrition and the lifestyle is there, it's really a key player in terms of helping us and then helping you as you go through into this phase of life. And I, I hear from a lot of women, they'll say, Oh, you know, I'm through it. I don't have to worry about it anymore. And my whole thing is no, no, no. As you know, even more important now, not even all important, right? But as you go into menopause, once you're in menopause, you're always in menopause for the rest of your life. So it's not been there, done that. It's perhaps your symptoms have improved, which are fabulous, but you still need to focus on nutrition, lifestyle, and supplements because that is what's going to help, you know, help with your health and your overall well-being as you age, right? Gracefully. So it's really important to kind of have this mindset of how do we take care of ourselves for the rest of our lives? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Nutrition, lifestyle, and supplements. You just dropped that little bomb. So let's talk about what kinds of recommendations sort of globally we have for women that are on the uh, earlier end of perimenopause. They're in their 30s, potentially, or early 40s, and they're just starting to see some of the changes that we know now are part of the perimenopause cascade. So in terms of what I speak about, I mean, it really does go for whether it's earlier or whether it's not right. Or whether you're in menopause or you're later. So, or, you know, so the way I look at it as nutrition is now, if you're in your thirties, it's going to be a little bit different because you may not be sleeping as well. You know, if you have young kids and you're being woken up all the time. So I always say, take it with a grain of salt because I never want anyone to feel guilty if they couldn't do something. So I'm all about providing information and you do the best that you can do. I will never say you have to, you have to, or you should, or any of that. It's do what you can, the best that you can with your situation that you're in at the moment. 
So in your, in your thirties and you are, you know, you've got a lot of stress. If, if you have children and you, um, you know, you have, may have a lot of stress. If you work in the home or outside of the home, you may have a lot of stress. So really looking to managing stress is important. So what, what does that mean? Because, you know, for, for those of you who are listening, you may be like, okay, Andrea, sure. Like, and I get it right. I'm not like, oh yeah, you should be, you know, be as you know, Zen all the time. No, it's, it's incorporating some type of stress management tool into your daily life, whatever that looks like for you. Maybe it's setting your alarm on your phone uh, twice a day to take 10 deep breaths. Maybe it's going for a walk in the morning to get some light into your eyes first thing in the morning. And it's a five minute walk around the block. Or maybe it's a walk in nature that is amazing as well. So something that's going to help, or maybe it's spending time with people you love or animals, anything that's going to help to stimulate that parasympathetic part of our nervous, parasympathetic part of our nervous system that helps us to relax. So something that's going to, you, you could take with you throughout the next X amount of years of your life is fabulous. And I, I look back now and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, my monkey mind, I can't do meditation. I can't, it, it's not for me, but now we know there's unmeditation. My girlfriend, Lisa Borden created this whole, you know, meditation practice around unmeditating, meaning you don't have to sit there in that traditional format, right? So incorporating something into your life that helps you to relax is really important. And then I would say focusing on nutrition is really big too. So what does that mean? What does that look like? Well, we know like focusing on whole foods, whole food nutrition is really important. Um, eating lots of fruits and vegetables, um, making sure that you're getting enough fiber in your diet, which is part of that fruits and vegetables, legumes, whole grains, right? Nuts and seeds, all of that can make a difference. Good quality oils. So like avocado and coconut oil and, you know, um, olive oil, all of these are important oils and thinking about some of those less quality oils, like um, like um, seed oils are not as great for us. So, you know, what are those? Safflower, sunflower, soy, canola, corn. Um, so these are the these are the cotton seed. These are the oils that Dr. Kate Shanahan made really popular through her research. She's fabulous as well, a medical doctor who talks about the effects of seed oils in our diet and how they create inflammation. So just being you know being mindful of those, maybe minimizing those and replacing them with the better quality oils. Drinking enough, making sure you're hydrated, making sure you're getting your electrolytes back in, especially if you're sweating a lot. These are all things that we hear about but really can make a difference to how we're feeling on our day to day and making sure you're getting enough protein. That's another one as well. Oh, that's a huge one. So I often talk about to women about in my office about the importance of, as you said, fiber and protein. So let's talk about those a little bit, because I'd love to get some sort of quantify that a little bit for people, please. So fiber, we really want to look at 25 to 35 grams of fiber a day. Why do we need fiber? I'm sure you, I know you've talked about this a lot is really, we want to make sure things are moving in our body. So I just want to grab my, um, my, do I have my prop here? Hold on. Actually, no, actually my, my rectum prop, <laughs> but I was, looking for my, <laughs> I was looking for my colon prop, but I had it on, I had a TV segment this week, so I didn't have it on me. So So we just want to make sure that things are moving and they're exiting our body, right? That we're able to, um, you know, get rid of things from our body that we no longer need, including broken down hormones that are breaking down, including, you know, um, things that we just don't want to have in our body that should come out, right? That's why we should be pooping every day. So it's really important that we are going to the bathroom every day. We want to look to our foods, like our fruits and our vegetables, like so lots of vegetables eating the rainbow or when you eat the rainbow, you're getting the phytonutrients from all the different types of colors that you're eating, right? 
focusing on the lower glycemic fruits, especially if you have issues with blood sugar. So like your berries are amazing or sour apples are awesome. Um, you know, more yellow bananas are really great. They got that resistant starch again, everybody's different and all, all things will affect us differently, but as a general rule of thumb, if you need added, and then also like our nuts and seeds, our legumes and our complex carbohydrates, I say more in moderation, again, keeping, always keeping blood sugar in mind. If you need extra help, we have something called Fiber Us. This is a, a prebiotic soluble fiber that helps to move things along, along as well. Because the research is showing us that most of us are not even getting 50% of the amount of fiber that we actually need on a daily basis. So if we can get that fiber, make sure we're going to the bathroom every day. Maybe you need some digestive enzymes. Maybe you need something that can help it, help it as well in terms of absorption, because we, we absorb a little bit less as we go into this phase of life. All of that can make a difference for fiber. And then in terms of protein, you really want to aim for 20 to 30 grams of protein per meal. You want to make sure. And so why is protein so important? It helps with waking up our brain. It helps with blood sugar. It helps with muscles. It helps with bones. It helps like with so many different things, keeping us satiated. So just making sure we're getting enough protein is really crucial as well. So I've got a couple of things just to add to what you said. Fantastic Please. information. So in regards to the, to the fiber, what I have seen happen for myself and, and a lot of my patients too, is that when we start taking the fiber, we sleep better. So there's very much a blood sugar component, blood sugar regulation mm. component to fiber. Um, but let's talk about protein. So I realize this can be somewhat of a controversial issue. So we'll just sort of, we're polite Canadians. Let's dance around it as much as we can. Um, I think as we get um, uh, sort of the glorification of plant forward diets, mm. we can start to lose the taste for protein when it is a very crucial, in fact, the research is showing that women in menopause in particular need more protein and we need to be muscle building, which is all part of that cascade. Mm, so yes. if we're, if we're consuming a plant forward diet, then how best to get the protein that we need, especially when it's a fairly large amount? It's such a great question. And it's one that I'm very sensitive to for women who let's who are vegan, who don't want to eat animal protein. I do eat animal foods myself. And I think it comes down to, okay, so let me answer. It's a two-parter for me. So number one, if, you know, if you do eat animal protein, then listening to your body and getting, you know, getting your protein from animal sources, if you can. And then if you don't eat animal protein, trying to look at things that don't have that aren't as high in comp in carbohydrates, right? So it's, you may be focusing thing on things like hemp seeds or, you know, pea protein or things that, you know, looking at different forms of different ways to getting your protein, but it's not, I'm, it's, it's a little bit tougher. There's no question. It is harder to get that amount of protein without getting this, you know, a huge amount of carbohydrates too. And I think that if you are, you know, if you've made the choice to be vegan and a lot of people also feel better on a plant-based diet. So I know I was speaking to a woman the other day and she was telling me she went completely plant-based and menopause and she lost a lot of weight, you know, and, and I do believe that blood type and there's so many different things that come into play for each individual. So everybody's unique. If that works for you and you feel amazing and you are happy doing it, I'm like, go for it. I think it's fantastic because it could just be what your body needs. 
For me, however, I cannot subsist on a plant-based diet because I actually, I love my protein and my body wants protein. I'm a B blood type. I want that protein, right? So for me, it works differently, but I don't do well on dairy. Maybe someone else does really great on dairy, right? So listening to your body is the key for me. The other thing I want to mention too, is even though we're saying have animal protein, and I, I'm going to use me as an example, because I'm always that N of one is I happen to love chicken. I love chicken. And chicken doesn't love me so much though. We're, you know, we, it's one of those one-way relationships. So I'm like, you know, I'm obsessed with chicken, chicken, not so much with me. And when I eat chicken, it, it creates inflammation in my body. So I have to listen to myself and go, okay, well, I love animal protein. Well, I, I guess I just have to go have other types of animal protein because I can't have chicken, but I can eat turkey, no problem. So again, at the end of the day, I'm going to say, listen to your body because you are the captain of your own ship. You know your body best. If you feel great eating animal protein, amazing. If you don't feel great eating it, okay, amazing too. Do what works for you so long as you are feeling good. And I think that's the message that I feel is super important because we're all individual and it, all of our food should be customized to us. Yeah, this is great advice because whether we're talking about how you get your nutrition or how you do your hormone therapy, if you're doing hormone therapy, how you do your supplements, et cetera, how, how you exercise, it really isn't just about what somebody else is giving you as their framework, but whether some parts of that work well for you, like for me, I like a paleo type diet that works well. I like my animal protein too, but I have to keep an eye on my, uh, my blood markers. Otherwise I can tend to go anemic. So, and that is a very, common thing for women. Um, in my case, it happens to be a B12 deficiency. So I keep that, keep a close watch on that for a lot of women. It's other reasons, right? They might be heavy bleeding, etc. But I love this, this um, advice of just making it individualized. I mean, that is so empowering for us, especially at perimenopause. It's not just about following, you know, whatever the next diet is, but what listening to your to your body. Now, you said that chicken gives you inflammation in your body. Do you mind telling us what kind of symptoms that you get when you consume chicken so that my listeners will know what to look for? So that's a great question. So everybody's really different, right? So it, what does inflammation mark for them? So for me, it could be pain. So when I get out of bed in the morning, my, you know, I have, you know, pain in the bottom of my feet, or maybe I'm like, why does my knee hurt me? I didn't have pain in my knee the other day, but now all of a sudden I'm walking and I'm feeling pain. So, but for someone else, it could be brain fog. It could be, you know, memory issues. It could be so many different things. So how does that represent? So inflammation, you know, as you know, and this is your area of expertise is we know we need inflammation. I would let you go and explain all of it in terms of the importance of inflammation and what happens in our body, but you know, we, it, and it's role when I mean in terms of importance, but also sometimes you'll feel it. And sometimes you may not, and sometimes it could present as different symptoms. So the key is just, you know, how do you feel? And sometimes we don't even realize how we feel until we're not on it anymore. So there are ways that you can do it. So I happen to, you know, work with a, well, I love body work. So I happen to work with a reflexologist. She's a homeopath and she does body work on me. And we had found out through just even her, like touching my hands and my feet. I was like, ow, ow, ow. She's like acidity. Like I had a very high level of acidity in my body and just pain. So that was for me, but everybody's really different. So sometimes you might, maybe you're, you have these symptoms, but you don't really realize or tie it back to something that you're eating or putting in and on your body. Right. So sometimes it's a little bit of trial and error and playing around. And even by the way, even if it's something is, let's say 
some would consider healthy as chicken or maybe kale or whatever it is, maybe your body is, it doesn't, you know, your body doesn't like it so much, maybe, right? Because everybody's made up with different genetics and different blood types and all the different things that affect us in our day to day. Yes. Individual biochemistry. It's something to pay attention to for sure. Uh, I was, when I turned 40, I developed like, seriously, I had joint pain in every, it felt like every joint of my body. I'm like, wow. Okay. This aging thing comes on fast. I mean, that's not what I told myself, but then I started to figure out that there was some sort of trigger for the inflammation. This is where pain comes from kids as it comes from, if you've got pain, chances are it's coming from inflammation. And I realized it was the gluten I was eating. And so, and just about 10 years on, no gluten in my diet whatsoever. And I generally speaking, do not have pain unless I've got some sort of injury. So it's, um, it's really that, that what is, what does it look like for you? I like that. I think that's a beautiful message. Okay. Moving on. So tell me what's the number one symptom of menopause that you see in your surveys? Oh, I love this question. All right. So now we're going to dig into my surveys, which make me very happy as you could see. Okay. So when it comes to symptoms, as I mentioned, there was over a hundred and the number one symptom more prevalent in perimenopause, and I'll go through the numbers of, you know, between the, each of them, between uh, the two of them is fatigue, exhaustion, and you're just tired, you lack energy. You're just tired all the time. Number one symptom with 71% of women experiencing it, 73% in perimenopause, 68% in menopause, which is, it's significant in terms of the difference. And it makes sense because as our body's recalibrating, things are changing, they're shifting, we're exhausted, right? So I always say, give ourselves grace and be patient with ourselves and give yourselves, you know, don't be so hard on ourselves, which we tend to be, I find as women, especially I find I tend to be very hard on myself. And even me, I'm like, okay, be gentle with yourself, you know, be, be, show yourself some grace with whatever it is you're feeling. If it's fatigue, if it's weight gain, if it's brain fog, whatever it is, you know, understanding that as your body's recalibrating, things are shifting and changing and it does get better when we get into menopause for many of us, right? So the number one is fatigue. Number two is brain fog with 66% experiencing it. And it's very close between perimenopause and menopause, a little bit more in peri. Number three, sleep issues. 63% experiencing sleep issues, more so though in menopause, which is interesting. 66% in menopause versus 61% in perimenopause. And then memory loss, anxiety, joint pain, lack of focus and concentration, hot flashes and low libido. That is the top 10. The number 11th one is, um, is here. So we hot flashes, low libido, lack of patience, night sweats, slower metabolism. So it's kind of like, I'm just one, two, three, four, five, six. So number 13 is slower metabolism. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because that's tied into waking, which is a very big issue for many of us as well. So that's 52% of women that are experiencing it. So I'm looking at, I wrote down some of the ones you just mentioned. Um, And so I've got fatigue, brain fog, sleepiness, memory loss, anxiety. And what am I missing from the top 10? So fatigue, brain fog, sleep issues, memory, anxiety, joint pain, lack of concentration, lack of focus, hot flashes, low libido. That is the top 10. And that's with over 55%. So uh, low libido is 55%. Only the last two actually are the kinds of things that we would typically associate with menopause. Isn't that fascinating? Isn't it? I'm telling you, that's why I love doing the research because for me, I'm like, whoa, so my, like, it's so eye-opening. 
you know, and yes. for me, the weight, the, you know, the slower diet, the slower metabolism was eye-opening for me too, because I was like, oh, I thought that was something that was very common. Right. But again, it's not even in the top 10, which I found, and either is night sweats in the top 10, which I thought it's number 12, which I thought was pretty fascinating too. Yes. That yeah. is fascinating. I, I will be kicking that around that list later in my head going, okay, what does that mean? Because you know, I'm sure you feel the same way when I hear things like this, it's always a matter of how can I better support the women that I take care of, right? Totally. Whether they're listening to me on the podcast or they're in my office for, for assessment and a treatment, however I could do that. But I'm looking at that and a great number of these things are brain based. And I think that's one of the shifts that I'm, I know I'm seeing in my own practice because I do, uh, I have, a uh, uh, like I have clinical neurosciences, basically I practice this in my office. I know it's kind of a thing to talk about, but anyways, and the brain's really sexy, right? So, so um, sexy. you know, it's not just the body. It's actually looking at how the brain is signaling the body. And so I look at this list and um, fascinating. So you and I, as we go next into you're interviewing me for, for your podcast. So please tune in to Andrea's podcast because we will continue this conversation from the brain perspective, I think. Uh, I can't wait. Andrea, what's the name of your podcast, please? It's called Menopause Reimagined. Fantastic. Okay. Meet us over and we there. Were both, we were, well, you got to give a shout out to yourself. We were both on a very exciting list recently. Oh my gosh. You're so right. I forgot about this. <laughs> so Canadians who are listening, we were, Andrea and I were both in the Globe and Mail article on menopause in March. And uh, actually you reached out to me and said, Hey, let's talk. We've probably got some things in common. And it turns out we do not just because we're Canadian, but <laughs> <laughs> we're like chat, chat, chat off, off, off camera. Which yes. Is <laughs> It's right. true. It's true. Um, which will be fun to dive into more for sure. So yeah. that's, those are the number one's primary symptoms of menopause. Uh, fascinating. Tell me some of the lesser known, please. symptoms. Absolutely. Of menopause. Absolutely. So lesser knowns would be, and, but yet still quite high in the list would be like itchy skin would be uh, itchy, itchy ears. Sorry. Itchy skin is definitely up there, but itchy ears would be one, which I find is a lot of people don't realize or make the connection between our ears itching and perimenopause or menopause. And the reason why our ears itch is because as our estrogen levels fall, our skin becomes drier and thinner, including the mucous membranes in our ear. So a lot of the times you'll be like scratching and itching and you and you go to your doctor or your ENT and they'll say, oh, there's nothing wrong. We can't find anything. If you've ruled everything out, including allergies, then you could, it could possibly be a perimenopause symptom. And I see you're smiling and you're probably like, <laughs> you're like, yep. Yeah. Yeah, um, the other thing. I was going to say the loss of estrogen, the egress of estrogen from the body makes everything drier. So mm -hmm. whether it's eyes or ears or vagina or skin or mouth, yeah. all of these things. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, mouth, the burning mouth syndrome is a big one for a lot of people having a metallic taste in your mouth or just the pure dryness is big. I would say also inflammation is a big one. BO body odor, whether it's one or both armpits, all of a sudden you're like, why isn't my deodorant working the way it used to? That's a big symptom. It's common, but yet not very well known. And then it's also the things like that are related to digestive issues like gas and bloating and constipation and loose stools, or maybe indigestion is coming up, or maybe you're eating and you're full after you eat, right? 
we don't realize a lot of the time, I, I have a lot of women will tell me that they're not hungry or they're super full after they eat. That could be indigestion related, right? Or digestive enzymes. Like you just might need more digestive enzymes or hydrochloric acid, which tends to change after the age of 35. So anything digestive related is big too. Um, then I would say the food cravings is a big one, eating more. So for me, when I was in perimenopause, I, I had an insatiable appetite. I could not satisfy my appetite. And looking at the science, I thought afterwards, once I realized it was perimenopause, is that our ghrelin, which is our hunger hormone, is higher in perimenopause than it is before or, or in menopause. So I could not satisfy myself. I was always craving something. I was always hungry, eating a lot. Uh, boo pain, that's another one very common in perimenopause. So worsening PMS symptoms. Um, so there's a lot, <laughs> there's so many of them, you know, we actually have everything on our website. So on under research, we actually posted all the results. So you could go, you can dive in, you can look at them. So it, they're all there for you to see. Fantastic. And you have with your research recently launched a supplement line, correct? I did. We launched a product. So our company is called Morphus, M-O-R-P-H-U-S. And we called it we made up the word. It's like morph us, metamorphosis. Us is a community. So really it's about us changing together and kind of growing, not kind of growing into this new phase of our lives with spreading our wings and becoming confident and setting down our boundaries and just becoming, you know, this incredible, you know, this incredible woman as we go into this new phase of life. So we launched Morphus this year, which was very exciting for us. And being who I am and so data-driven and research-driven research and just understanding what goes into supplements. I've learned so much over the last several years, Fiona. Like, honestly, it's amazing to me, the supplement industry and what happens. So I had tried so many different supplements in perimenopause. Like, so one of, I always, I kind of joke around, I had a lot of the symptoms of perimenopause and menopause. And the one that for me that even got me to this, which I'm very thankful for is the hot flashes. And I tried every supplement under the sun to help me with hot flashes and some worked, some didn't, some were not really great for my body after taking them, even though they were meant for menopause. So I just launched a product line that I, you know, I'm very comfortable with knowing that whatever we put out, I've done the research, I vetted myself, I take myself, or I would recommend it to my dearest, closest family and friends, and now all of our amazing customers and community. So for me, it's about launching products that I'm comfortable with. We use branded ingredients. We use no fairy dust. What is fairy dust? Fairy dust is putting ingredients in, but not at efficacious dosages, which is interesting as Canadians. So and I don't know how much you know about Health Canada and what they regulate. We only sell our products in the U.S. currently. However, we're Canadian. So we know in terms of understanding the dosages and what the research says in terms of helping you with certain things that you need. So for example, there's a product called, we have a product called Pygnogenol on our website. It's an amazing ingredient. One of the most studied ingredients in the world helps with over 30 different menopause symptoms. The research shows that you need at least 60 milligrams to help with hot flashes. So our product right now, we currently have one that's on a standalone with hundred milligrams. Um, we have another product that's coming out that will have the 60 milligrams. We will never put more than less than that in a product because the research shows it has to have the minimum of 60 milligrams. So just understanding proper dosage, quality, branded ingredients that have science behind it was really important for me. And no effect, no long-term effects on our liver or other things was also really crucial for me. I just had a patient in the office yesterday who literally came in with his tote bag of supplements so that I could go through them. Now, I didn't, you know, I didn't, that's generally something I don't advertise that I do, but sure, I'll do it. So I looked at it and there was one in there that had such 
and I can't even remember what, what it was. It had such low amounts of what they say is in the research. And I was like, how many of these do you have to take a day to even get an effect? And he said six. Well, there's only yeah. a bottle of 30, you know, and these are on some of these auto ship kind of things. And I'm like, so there's so much misunderstanding about the supplement industry. And I'm totally with you. The things I recommend for my patients are things I have taken myself because it's really important to me, the quality. And even though, uh, Andrea, we are both Canadians, 85% of my listeners are in the US. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, this is, this is the market. A lot of this stuff, people are just buying on Amazon without knowing that the quality oh my may gosh, not yes. be there. And in fact, the supplement lines I work with, the physicians only formulas that I work with, have a certain uh, regulation around them and they can't be sold on Amazon for that reason. So I, I'd love to hear a little more about that. And thank you for bringing that up. I think that's a really important subject. We're actually going to do, I'm going to be doing an entire episode of my podcast around the supplement industry. And because I think it's so misunderstood and it's so nuanced. So here, for example, like as, and again, I, I'm only an expert for women in perimenopause and menopause, anything beforehand. I mean, I have knowledge, but I'm talking in terms of digging into the research on supplements. This is where I shine, right? And this is where I spend my time. But I also spend my time researching things that we will put in our, or we'll have in our products or put in our products. So there are other ingredients that I haven't done deep dives into that perhaps are great, but you know, what I know, I know. And for example, people, women will say, you know, we know the research shows that melatonin is really great for women in, in perimenopause and menopause for a lot of different reasons. And women will say, well, you know, I tried melatonin, it didn't work. And one of my things is I always say is there are so many nuances around supplements. And when, it, when you say it didn't work, and I understand because there are so many brands with so many different qualities out there, maybe it didn't work for your body. Maybe your body just didn't like that brand. Maybe it didn't even have enough in there. Maybe it had too much in there. How much, what was the quality of it? Was it sustained release versus not? So I have tried melatonins that don't work at all versus melatonins that are kick-ass. And I know I could swear on your show because I've heard your intro (laughs) intro so many times, which I love. So, you know, so there's so many products that we know, um, you know, when you taking the right type is important too. So for me in our product, we're launching a product called sleep us. It has melatonin. It's a sustained release melatonin that I take every day. And I've tried probably five different types. This is the type that works. Now, having said that, maybe it won't work for you. And that's okay too. Again, always coming back to listening to your body, but I'll go back to the research. And I'll make sure that it's, you know, in terms of like what the research says and the dosage and the, and the efficacy and the safety. So for me, that's kind of how we look at supplements is we want to make sure that our ingredients have branded ingredients. What does that mean? So when you look at labels, you can have something they call in the supplement industry, fairy dust, or you can have things that actually have branded ingredients behind it, meaning there's research on them. We don't want fairy dust, meaning like not having enough of the product in there, like to the actual effective dose in there. You want to make sure you have enough, but we have branded ingredients in our products for the most part, because those have research behind them. So we know like something like pycnogenol, they have so much research behind them. Fiber us, sun fiber has so much research behind it. So for me, that's why it's important to have these quality ingredients in the products we're doing, because I want them to work. Now, will they work for everybody? Nothing works for everybody, but at least I know the science backs it up. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Having a conscience behind a company, I think is always good. I want to be able to sleep at night knowing that I'm doing the best I can to help women. Then that for me is at the end of the day, that is my, you know, my, my, my barometer of how I, how I operate as a, you know, as a CEO of Morpheus, (laughs) like, and from, and generally as a person in life, like, I just want to make sure that I'm helping people the best that I can, because at the end of the day, we want to feel better. Like many of us are suffering 
a lot. I was one of them. So if we can look at nutrition, we can look at supplements, we can look at lifestyle, always nutrition and lifestyle first. Then we can look at, you know, supplements because we want, we don't want to out supplement good nutrition. You can't, you have to focus on that nutrition and those lifestyle. Cause there's no, I always say there's no panacea. And then we look at it as the tools in our toolbox that can help you, which is what my lane is. You know, that's what I focus on. So. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. I have one final question for you, but before I ask that, please tell the listeners again, where they can find out more about you and Morphus. Absolutely. So my website is wearemorphous.com. So W-E-A-R-E-M-O-R-P-H-U-S. Will you have a link below that? Um, yeah, okay, perfect. So there'll be a link below too. You could follow me on TikTok and uh, at Andrea Donsky on TikTok and Instagram. Although I live on on TikTok more so than I do on Instagram. And then we do have a We Are Morphous Instagram page, but we're everywhere on Twitter, on Pinterest, we're on LinkedIn. So we're anywhere that you, uh, at We Are Morphous or at Andrea Donsky, you could find us pretty easily. Awesome. Awesome. I'm excited to go and uh, fill out the research papers, actually. Our questionnaires. Really, uh, I will be. Uh, is there somewhere on the website where I can look at the, the symptoms that you have listed, what, what your research has showed so far? Absolutely. So we have, uh, we have a signs and so at the top of our website, there's a navigation bar. We have a signs and symptoms section. So you could click on that. And it'll take you to all the symptoms we have linking you to the articles explaining why. So again, the way my brain works is why, why, why? So you'll always find the why with me. Then we have the section that says research. You could fill out the surveys. We currently have five of them. And then we have the results of our signs and symptoms. We're going to be posting the sleep survey. I just want to get to 3000. We're now at like 2,700 responses. So I want to get to 3000. So if you can, all of you who are listening can go yes. fill them out, which is a huge <laughs> number. Like when we started doing this, we were told if we had 200 responses, we were like amazing. Like three, like that's amazing, right? So like we have a lot of women who have just, we couldn't do what we do. We couldn't, we couldn't do what we do without this incredible community and the women who want to help other women. Right. So, which is why we're, I'm so passionate about our research because we're doing this in, 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 so that we understand what's happening to us and how we can actually help us. So you can find everything on my website, my podcast that you will be on as well. Like I mentioned, menopause reimagined, and I'm very accessible on TikTok and Instagram. You can DM me. I, I answer my DMS and stuff. So. Amazing. And it's always been true in history that women help women out. It's community and coming together. And it turns out that's one of the biomarkers for women and health and longevity, which I find mm. fascinating. Yeah. So before I ask you the final question, I just want to thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing your wealth of knowledge with me and my community. And I hope that there's so much applicable information here. So thank you for the, for the, for the drop in the pond that you're making of the the experience of perimenopause. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for what you're doing. I'm so happy that we were both in that article together. And also one of my amazing community members, her name is Lise. She was the one that told me that I need to have you on my podcast and we, I should be on your podcast. So she was the one that introduced me to you. So thank you, Lise, for making it happen. And I'll say it on my podcast as well, because I love that our community is bringing us together as well. And we hit it off like you and I, when we spoke, yes, we're we like, yeah, this is good. <laughs> She made well, a good introduction too for the introduction. Okay. Here's the final question. You so what, knowing what you know now, yeah. what would you tell your younger self? Oh man, I'd, I would, honestly, I would say just to chill out and just to know that everything is going to be okay. Everything happens for a reason and everything is going to be okay. So try to manage those stress levels. And I would say, like I said earlier, incorporate some type of stress management tool. And that way you have a way of handling things that 
come at your come at you in life things will always come at you but knowing and trusting that it's going to be okay is really important and i think that that for me is probably one of the biggest messages that i would love to leave to the younger women who are coming into this and all of us really is that just knowing and trusting it's going to be okay and just taking a breath i hope you loved that conversation i had with andrea as much as i did i learned a ton I'm just quite fascinated with the concept that most of what we understand to be uh, symptoms of perimenopause are actually brain-based. More on that soon on the podcast. Stay tuned. We're doing a uh, brain health month of August, uh, and I'll be doing a webinar in September. So keep an eye on the socials for that and certainly keep listening to the podcast. I want to thank Andrea Donsky and wearemorphous.com for her appearance on the Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast. She's been kind enough to give us our own link to her awesome supplements which I'm just over the moon at how amazing the black seed oil, the sleep us, the fiber us, and the dim product. Those are the ones I've tried. They're awesome. Um, right now, these products are only available in the United States, uh, hopefully coming soon to Canada. But if you're interested in finding out more about these fantastic uh, nutritional and lifestyle supplements, you can go to wearemorphous.com slash Fiona Lovely. That's wearemorphous.com slash Fiona Lovely. And I'll put the link in the show notes. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for allowing us to step into your life for this brief period of time. I'm so grateful for your loving attention. And if there's ever anything I can uh, that you'd like me to talk about or questions I can answer for you, reach out on Instagram. DM me. Guess what? That's just me. <laughs> okay. Until next time, take good care. The views and nutritional advice expressed by Dr. Fiona Lovely are not intended to be a substitute for conventional medical service. If you have or suspect that you have a medical problem, promptly contact your healthcare provider. No information offered here should be interpreted as a diagnosis of any disease, nor an attempt to treat or prevent or cure any disease or condition. As with any new advice or program, you should always contact your healthcare provider prior to starting anything new. Thank you.